My dear friend Sharaya Hilton and I had a wonderful conversation about how food affects our professional lives. And you may say, what on earth are you talking about? You see, it is proven that what we consume in terms of social media and the sort of information what we watch and food, they all have a significant impact on our mind and body. What we eat can affect our concentration, our emotions, physical feelings, stress and so much more. I am sure that you will enjoy this wonderful conversation that I had with my dear friend Sharaya. She's a food freedom coach and she helps women over 40 end yo-yo dieting, binges and emotional eating and transform your relationship with food so you can shed weight naturally and permanently and get your confidence and power back. Welcome to my podcast, You Can Be Unstoppable. My name is Evelina Szczeblewska and this is episode number 31, which addresses the issue of how what we eat affects our professional lives. This podcast is for curious, ambitious and busy women, professional women who want to transform the emotional discomfort like anxiety, stress or overthinking or self-doubt to inner peace, well-being and radical confidence by working with the mind. So welcome everyone and today I've got a fabulous guest for you guys, my uh, dear friend Sharaya. She's a food freedom coach and she's got some treats, tips and tricks uh, for you in terms of how we can manage what we eat and how that impacts um, how we perform in every aspect in, in our lives and especially work performance our career. Welcome Sharaya and I would love you to tell me more about yourself and how is it that you got into this line of work and how is that you're helping women um, with the dieting, with the weight and everything that it's involved. Okay so I got into this work through my own personal experience of being anorexic when I was younger then bulimic, and then a secret eater, compulsive eater, emotional eater for like years. And it really affected everything in my life. It ruined relationships, it ruined jobs, it really ruined so many things. And I didn't know what to do. And I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I went from when I was anorexic to being bulimic. I've got the figures here. I went from 100 pounds, which is like 40 odd kilos 45 kilos to 210 pounds which is 140 kilos in one year I ate my own weight twice basically <laughs> and I doubled I trebled my weight in a year and that was all down to the fact that I couldn't deal I wasn't dealing with the emotions of what was going on in my life mm. there'd been a lot of really difficult situations for when I was around 1920 and that's when the anorexia started but the, I didn't deal with the stuff for years and years and I ended up putting on loads of weight because I was eating so much even though I was bulimic as well I was eating a lot and always in secret nobody knew um and uh it wasn't 
I was trying to die all the time because that seems to be the logical thing to mm. do, but it doesn't work. And I discovered after many, many years of trying that, that I would just lose the weight, put it back on again, lose the weight, and it would just keep going up all the time. And that's the main problem with people who go on diets. 95% of people, it, diets fail. They're not designed for us to succeed, to be honest, because it's a diet industry and the clues in the name industry. Industry is about making profit. They're not about caring about you. So they want to make money. They want you to come back. And there is a nice little little clue in um, someone I know uh, worked for um, Weight Watchers. And in Weight Watchers kind of um, model, in the background of their models, they expect people to come back at least four times. Wow. So they make more money out of them. So they don't actually really want it to work, if you know what I mean. Yeah. They want it to work for a few people, but not for many, because actually yeah. they don't have any business if that happened. Anyway, I um, eventually discovered someone called Susie Orbach, who's very famous in my field. And she uh, was creating groups for women like me. So I plucked up the courage and went to the group and that radically changed everything. I mean, I didn't suddenly, you know, didn't have a, a oh, I'm cured, but it really got me to look at the whole thing in a very different way. And it was yeah. about the emotional side. And that's how I got into doing what I'm doing. So from then on, I began to change everything. And I ended up being a psychotherapist, a coach, hypnotherapist and whatever. And I use all of that stuff in my work today. So basically, you know, from what you said, and I can see from my clients as well, it's the emotional issues that we face with, uh, whether it's a current one or childhood or past, and they are unresolved. We refuse to deal with them, to feel all those emotions, and they build up in our body. Yeah. And we're struggling with food. It's the coping mechanism. Would you say that's right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of, to me, it was... I always called it my drug of choice. You know, it was like the way I dealt with situations, whatever the emotional, anything I couldn't deal with. And then sometimes that was even high level ecstatic stuff. I found that as difficult as what might be more low level, low energy depression kind of stuff. I wanted to be on a kind of Prozac level. You know, I wanted just to be able to deal with everything, numb everything through food. And it became so um, normal that mm. I would just do it all and I think also it's also something that the body is really clever you know the mind and the body are really clever and this system obviously worked for me at some point so my mind went oh that works you'll keep on doing that then and it was really unconscious although I knew what I was doing the driving force behind it was completely unconscious and that was what really got to me because I was um, I began to be really successful at everything I did, but this was the one thing I couldn't solve. And that's what so many women who come to me say, I'm really good at so many things. This is the one thing that I really can't solve and that undermines my confidence all the time. Would you say then that has an impact on how you show up at work and how is that affecting yeah. performance yeah. at work? Absolutely. I mean, not only there's the whole what you're eating effect, we can go into that in a minute, but the confidence issue is really affected um, because um, your self-image is really damaged because even though you can um, act as if you're very confident, you know, I began, I learned how to be confident. It wasn't a, feel, a thing I felt. I actually would act as if I was confident to mask my lack of confidence and my self-esteem was bashed every time because it's a bit like 
when you smoke, everyone who smokes knows that every time they inhale that smoke, they're not doing themselves, they're harming yeah. themselves. So you're harming yourself all the time, which you know you're doing, but you can't stop. So you've got the harming and you've got the inability to stop. And also you then feel awful about yourself. And often if you put on weight, you feel awful about that as well. So the whole thing is really, really complicated. Yeah, it does really affect the way you show up, definitely. Yeah. And a lot of people cope with that either by being the jolly one in the room or they really don't care, or, you know, all of that. Yeah. Or they starve themselves and then they go home and eat on their own because they don't want to be, they don't want to feel ashamed in front of other people. Like I get women come to me. I've got a woman client at the moment who's actually a nurse and she works with families where the children have got eating issues mm -hmm. and she said I just feel I've no right to work with them I feel like an imposter because look at me how can yeah. I possibly do that you know then you yeah. get into this vicious circle you know you cannot lose weight and if you do and then you put back on the shame comes back like yeah. the current client feels the shame the imposter syndrome is like how can yeah. I possibly help them when I myself struggle so yeah. much with yeah. this yeah so it certainly affects every aspect of our lives yeah it does um, it does and also I think people have a sense of like especially if they're in a um in meeting if they're in a kind of managerial level for example where they've got to do presentations and meetings or even stand up in front of people people have said to me they're thinking I can't possibly be any good at this because look, I've got no control over my life. Look at me, I'm overweight, you know, I'm obviously out of control. So how can I be any good at this job? And even though that doesn't have to be true at all, if you're thinking that, it's also your self-esteem projects out. You know, yeah. you, you, the way you feel about yourself, yeah. other people pick up. So in a way, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, it you is. get the feedback, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's because what we think about ourselves is what we project others and how others yeah. see us exactly as, as we see ourselves so self yeah. is hugely important um so what would you say is the biggest challenge for the females that are struggling with weight and with food with the relationship with food the biggest challenge is for them to stop dieting because they even though intelligently they might have read everything and they understand nutrition and all the rest of it because most people do these days it's a real wrench because they cling on to it as their saving hope you know they try another one then another one and they take it that they're the problem that they're the failure rather yeah. than you know they fail the diet rather than the diet's failing yeah. them so they keep on trying the same thing and that makes it even more defeating you know the more you try and fail the worse you feel but you try another one because obviously look at that person it worked for them and it's also very logical and like we know you you know emotions trump logic every time and it's logical because we're told you know put it in exercise and it'll go and it doesn't it doesn't work like that the body does other things with it it's not like yeah. calorie you know how many calories you put and how many calories yeah because you can have a huge de deficit between the two and you still well struggle with your weight yeah. If yeah. you struggle with your emotions yeah and with everything that's going on um and I am guilty as I think as anyone you know I've used ice cream to make myself feel better which is okay I guess if you do once a year <laughs> it's not okay if you do it every night yeah 
I mean, it's also, there's a big problem for people in the whole thing about there's good food and bad food. There isn't, food is neutral. There's no morality in food, but there are certain foods that are much better for our bodies and our bodies are designed to be healthy. You know, that's how they work. Mm. They try and maintain our health. They're really efficient systems, but we all know that um, we forget that we're actually an animal. And that, like, you know, if you look at animals, they eat when they're hungry, they stop when they're full, and if anything upsets them, they throw it up. You know, they've got a very natural relationship with what they put in their body, unless they're pets who are trained to do something different. But, you know, naturally, animals do what's right for them. And we would normally do that as well, but we're so far away from that. And that food has taken a whole other meaning that it doesn't actually have. You know, food can't help you deal with your emotions, that's not its job. No, and I think we've lost the connection with ourselves, that yeah. intuition to know what's good for us, yeah. what we should be eating, seasonal food. I think that's kind of out yeah. of the window and yeah. with food being flown from all over the world. Yeah. I remember as a child, I was eating very seasonally. Whatever the land was providing, that's mm-hmm. what we ate. You know, there was yeah. no um, buy all in a shop. Uh, I didn't grow up here in the UK, so my child could look very different. I would presume it's probably looked more like yours. Yeah, yeah. Than my peers in the UK at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I loved it. You know, it was yeah. uh, very seasonal, fresh, and organic because everything. Was and also, organic. you got that wonderful thing of I remember, like certain times of the year, certain apples would turn up. You yeah. look forward to those things and certain vegetables around Christmas were really special you couldn't get them they ran out and then you waited a whole year for them to come back and also the other thing that always happened which is a really natural process people put on a few pounds in the winter because it kept them warmer yeah and they would eat different foods to keep them warm and then it would just magically go as spring came because they started to eat different things the idea that that would happen now people would freak out if that <laughs> happened now yeah go, oh my god i put on seven pounds in december actually rather yeah. than that's what human bodies are designed to do if you eat natural healthy foods yeah and our bodies can process all of that stuff it's much more difficult for us to process all the sugars and the the trans fats and all that stuff that's been mega produced all the fast food all of that and um Although it's not really, it's not a bad food, it's just not healthy for your body. Your body doesn't like it and it has to deal with it. And that's a real strain on the body. And eventually the body just gives up on that. You know, we then end up getting all kinds of diseases and problems and issues. And I know there are some people that that doesn't happen to, but like some people can smoke till they're 95. But in general, your body, for most people, it will be affected. It might be your skin, it might be your internal system, it could be anything, but you're not designed to to stuff yourself like that oh absolutely and there's a few people watching so if you guys have any questions then put them in a comment on facebook hema is watching hi hema and nicole and then we will try to uh, answer those at the end so um we kind of touched on self-image already that you know it's really important and Mm -hmm. if we struggle with that then it certainly affect our confidence and then it might actually impact what we choose to eat because we may choose the unhealthy food as a coping mechanism as a soothing uh, tool where we should rather turn into coping with our emotions and how we feel and everything was not in our life not hiding our heads in food which quite a lot of us does um 
In your expertise, Sharaya, what can we do to improve our confidence regardless what the scale tells us? Well, the first thing is to avoid getting on the scale as much as you can, because that number can be really depressing. Um, and we met, we're not a number and it can vary from day to day. You know, our weight goes up and down naturally anyway. Um, but I would suggest, I mean, I remember what um, Susie Orbach said to me when I was working with her all those years ago. She said, um, you don't have to be thin to wear a belt. Yeah. And it was like, for me, it was like I couldn't wear and I couldn't do certain things because I was the way I was. So initially, I suggest to people to wear clothes that really fit you comfortably, that you feel good in. Don't pretend, you know, don't struggle into stuff, trying, you know, where you're forever pulling your clothes down, feeling uncomfortable. Get into stuff that feels good on you, even if you need to buy a bigger size. That's not an issue. It's okay to be a bigger size. You know, just accept that. That's the size you are. And it's great for you if you can feel relaxed and comfortable in your clothes, whatever style of clothes you choose. And that takes, I know from my experience, a feeling of uncomfortable tight clothes just reinforced all the time that I didn't look good, didn't look good. And that made me feel worse. Whereas once I actually decided, you know, I'm going to wear clothes that really look good on me, whatever size they are, that really changed that, that first stage for me. It took my focus away from my body and how I was feeling and I could relate more to other people. So that would be the first thing I would do. I would look at what do I, what do I, how do I want to feel? Because the way, the way you want to feel is always the biggest drivers. How do I want to feel? I want to feel relaxed. I want to feel comfortable. I want to be able to relate to people rather than fixating on myself all the time. So that's where I would start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I would start to think about before we get into the whole emotional side of it, I would just think what, if I keep on doing what I'm doing, what message am I giving to myself? I'm telling myself I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I don't deserve to take care of myself, all of that. So start to take care of yourself with food. Yeah. You don't need to stop eat, you don't need to stop, you don't need to eat less. You just eat and eat differently. Yeah. So like if you possibly can switch out the ice cream in the nighttime with bananas or something you know something that tastes sweet and nice and that feels comforting but not that's gonna make you feel worse about yourself because it's a temporary fix yeah. you know the drug of choice is like this is going to make me feel because people who've got weight issues or body image issues or food issues want a quick fix you know mm -hmm. everybody who comes to me wants to know how quickly they will lose weight it doesn't doesn't work like that you know but we're we've got this quick fix thing so you need to just be more gentle with yourself and start to be more loving with yourself that's always the way to improve your self-esteem whatever way you're doing it it's not easy but you can do it step by step yeah and Hema had a good comment self-acceptance is the path to self-love yeah yes. absolutely and once you love yourself you will make better choices yeah, you do you yeah. take care of ourselves or like we do take care of the things that we love the people that we love yeah so then if we do love ourselves we would not willingly choose to eat food that actually is going to harm us in the long term and as you said there is no bad food we yes we can have the ice cream and a cookie just not as a coping mechanism yeah. every yeah. time you don't feel emotionally well yeah and I love what you said about where we focus because where we focus is so important if we focus constantly like we keep our attention on I don't look good 
I'm fat, I'm overweight, who would look at me? Who the hell am I to do this if I can't take control of this? Mm-hmm. It's like we're basically creating this vicious cycle of negativity in our lives and we're just going to feel worse and worse and worse because it all starts from the thought we have a thought that will affect how we feel and that in turn will affect how we act and behave and how we act and behave and affect the original thought and we're just gonna go run around in circles yeah. yeah and we feel lost and confused and we're like how do i get out yeah of that we feel so trapped in this so definitely work on your self-talk yeah just say self-talk is very important that yeah. the critical voice that we all have yeah i mean i i introduce a little technique for all of my clients is i call it stop be aware so i ask them to stop every hour and just notice what they're thinking mm-hmm. and i call it what am i thinking because actually a lot of people will say everybody says it actually what was i thinking you know when <laughs> yeah. something happened you think yeah well actually what were you thinking because the clue yeah. is there so if you actually practice that technique even if there's nothing happening just to get used to checking in on what you're thinking and how is that affecting what's going on right now how are you acting you can begin to switch that around a little bit but i think also people uh, we all have to accept that it takes consistent um action to do that and that it's okay if you don't always get it right. It doesn't really matter. It's just being more aware and treating yourself as well as you would other people. Because also a lot that a lot of times, women especially, and women who are overweight even more especially, often are real givers. And they feel really guilty if they give to themselves. And one of the ways they give to themselves and comfort themselves is with food. And it's not necessarily the ideal thing. You can still give to yourself with food, but it's it's more, it's much deeper than that. It's about really raising your your um, your self acceptance in all in all areas, actually. Yeah. So you know what I picked up from what you said is really important not to shame ourselves uh, and feel angry at ourselves if we fail. Yeah. Like okay, I just pick myself up and start yeah. all over again, and also pat ourselves for every little win and even this a daily is like well done I yep. well today I managed to not to have those ice cream when I really felt like yeah. it or yeah. whatever and for me as well I think from everything that you said it's practicing self-awareness really yeah. being self-aware who we are what are the thoughts what are we thinking who we are deeply at the core because then we will easier recognize all those triggers uh tricky situations we may mm-hmm. even possibly be able not to put ourselves in those situations because we will know this is actually quite a triggering yeah possession yeah. to the end you know and sometimes that means actually avoiding certain people because uh, i have came across people who struggled with the food because they were surrounded with other people who um didn't help you know, because they themselves maybe act very unhealthily and they didn't support the person. Just say that's got a huge impact if you are surrounded by people who are not supportive and maybe it's got bad food habits. You know, if you see a husband or wife, uh, you left together. It's and the, the, biggest, the biggest factor I've discovered over many years is um, people don't know how to say no. Yeah, They have no boundaries. They're, and their weight becomes their 
boundary. Yeah, that's the biggest thing it does for them. Actually, it's a protective boundary and it says all of those things for them. So what they do is they eat their feelings yeah. because they don't open their mouth and say their feelings or feel their feelings. So the problem arises when people start to try and change their, their food habits and the feelings come up. And that's where the work is that they come to me for, because actually people don't know what they don't know how to let themselves feel and not be devastated by that. And actually feelings like we know, they're just energetic vibrations. They come and they go. There isn't a good one or a bad one. They're just movements through the body, but it doesn't feel like that. And a lot of times, almost every person that comes to me makes radical changes in their life it's and the food is becomes a very minimal thing they realize they've been using it as a coping mechanism for a very very long time like recently one woman walked out on her husband another woman left her job you know big things that they've been allowing it's like they allow they tolerate stuff that they're no longer willing to tolerate once they feel better about themselves yeah. so it doesn't always have to be that bigger thing but it often is something yeah. if they've got a big problem it's going to be a massive problem if you know what i mean yeah and i think it is really important to create boundaries because if yeah. we don't have healthy boundaries we're giving the power away to other people the same with saying no yeah i think this is as I uh, see more clients and I'm more in the work, I think that's a huge problem for a lot of people. So many people struggle with the ability to say no. Yeah. They really can't. You can't say no to other people and to what's going on. You also can't find it very easy to say no to food. You just don't know how to do no because yeah. you can't deal with the consequences of doing that. And there will be consequences. But it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It doesn't feel great. You know, no one really likes to do it, but actually it's just a no that I'm not, that's not going to happen right now. You know, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to allow that, whatever it is. And that takes practice too. But the more you do that, again, your self-esteem goes up. Yeah, it is. And I think self-esteem, self-confidence, all this comes with practice as well as you practice yeah. saying no and looking after yourself and actually setting clear boundaries and being clear what are your values? What, what yeah. is, you know, what is that you happy to accept? in your yeah. life and as you said you know some women actually have the husband because they felt more secure within themselves yeah yeah uh, and they were decided you know i'm not dealing with this anymore i mean this particular client knocked me back because she'd been doing i've got this three-month program and she did the first month and she phoned me up i never know she never know people don't normally phone me she phoned me she, you'll never guess what i'm done so i said well she, i've moved into a hotel so she left her husband and her two adults, they were big kids, yeah. like 18, 19. I've moved into a hotel because I've, I've just realised I can't live there anymore. So she was working online from a hotel room and she has got a really high powered job. And like she was going to tell everybody what it was all about. And it was really incredible that it gave her the courage to do that after years and years and years of tolerating stuff that wasn't working for her, you know. And sometimes it's quite a shock to us to realize that we're doing that you know people are not really aware of that and that brings up a lot of emotion as well mm. and normally they would swallow that down with food but luckily not all of them do yeah you know? and it just shows how important it is the relationship that we have with our bodies yeah with the food that we eat um because it affects absolutely every aspect of our mind and oh. together oh. we do not uh function exists in separation uh, mind and body works as one yeah um and 
just um guys if you've got any questions it would be lovely if you ask them now because i think uh, we're kind of coming to an end of our conversations about half an hour now um so shari would you tell me or give it to my um audience some simple tips or tricks some mindset shift something quite actionable that can really put into practice right now in order to you know, help them with managing how to choose the right food, how to manage the emotions um, in a way that is really going to help them to make the right decisions and boost the confidence and boost them in the right direction. So the one thing that I think works more effectively just like as a one thing or a couple of things to do is to really kind of honour food to actually treat it as something that's not just something you do, like you actually honor the food, you slow down, you sit down, you, you practice mindful eating. Not that that's gonna solve all your problems, but it's gonna mess, it's gonna uh, send different signals to you about you care about what you're eating. So it's a good self-care thing. And also if you, a lot of women who work, um, they're on the run all the time, or if their mothers are always on the run, they don't sit down, they don't stop, they eat on the go. You can see, and it's become a real culture that people eat at their desk. No one seems to have a proper lunch break. So I suggest people, if they possibly can, at least they go outside somewhere to eat. You know, they get away from their working environment and they sit and they eat slowly, they taste it. They give themselves time to just taste the food and enjoy the food. And actually the slower you eat and the more you chew, mm -hmm. the less you tend to eat because you're enjoying it. And that's very difficult for a lot of people to do, but it is a really valuable thing because the food works better in your body. It, it, you're meant to chew and salivate and really let all that process work. It, it's much more effective. But also you get to taste it and you get to enjoy it and to kind of work out what you do and don't like rather than shoving it down there and not even knowing when it's gone. Like I did something on my Facebook group a little while ago called Where Did That Toast Go? Because I was doing mindful, I do mindful breakfasts and I was doing my mindful breakfast and the phone rang and I answered the phone and I, I realized when I looked back, a whole slice of toast had disappeared. And I looked like, I really, it was really weird. I looked under the table thinking, where's that bloody slice of toast gone? And it had gone down my throat. I hadn't even noticed I'd eaten it. And that's what happens if you don't focus on the food. You don't realize what you're eating. And so you often eat a lot more than you really want. Now that's not gonna solve an emotional eater's problem or your stress eating or whatever, but it's a nice place to start. Plus it really brings you into a different state. It's like I'm treating myself very well with the food I'm eating here. I mean, that is that is a great tip because it basically, like you said, signals to the mind is like, I care about yeah. myself. I give myself the proper time to relax with my food, enjoy what I eat mindfully, rather than as most of us, I'm just as guilty, I think, as everyone yeah. else, eat on a go. But then, like you said, sometimes I don't even feel like I've had anything because mm -hmm. I did like my mind almost didn't register the fact that I just yeah. had something to eat yeah yeah it's such a different experience when you eat quickly on a go and when you actually sit and mindfully enjoy what you are having 
Uh, and it can be it can be anything it can it can be a biscuit or an apple or a plate of whatever but if you do that process with it because if, if whatever it is you're putting in your mouth treat it with respect you know like just don't shove stuff down and you will find then it's actually easier to get tuned into your natural hunger cues and your fullness cues whereas if you just eat quickly you've no you've overridden all of that another time so your body loses more and more and more contact with that process absolutely and I've, I've noticed as well if i do that i almost eat a lot more because my body hasn't registered properly what i had to eat and usually it's not a very nutritious food if i'm on the go quickly just yeah. trying to shove something yeah. because i'm hungry yeah um so i like to prepare my meals the night before or half prepare them something if i know that i have a busy day coming ahead and i want half the time to really uh, mm-hmm. mindfully prepare something that's good for me yeah not just something because i'm hungry and the something is usually <laughs> not a healthy choice because yeah. it's quick yeah exactly and the energy you put into the preparation affects the food as well like it's all energies so you're imparting some kind of higher energy vibration into the food which you then take into your body and that's much better for you mm-hmm. and also it tends to be cheaper actually <laughs> yeah we spend a lot more money on processed type even though the myth is it's cheaper actually especially if you go out you know you're buying the coffee and whatever it is you're buying you know like you're going to starbucks and there's these cakes and god knows what and then you eat it's a lot of money every time whereas if you make your own food and take it to work or you stop if you're working at home or whatever and and eat decent healthy food then you're going to be much more economically viable as well so there's all kinds of positive spin-offs <laughs> mm, absolutely and i think Hema really loved the point about slow mindful eating and i would you know definitely make some sort of a routine almost it's like a celebration of yourself yeah you know, give yourself the time and care practice self-love yeah. and self-care by eating good nutritious food mindfully slowly take the time even if you're absolutely super super busy yeah it doesn't take that much time to take the five ten minutes yeah exactly mindfully and and actually probably is very good for your stress levels as well yeah just to take the mind it really off. calms you down soothes you down and it's it's great if you can spend at least one time because obviously a lot of people live in families they can't always do all this stuff but if you can spend one time that you eat even if it is just an apple or a banana or something where you sit on your own no phone no television no conversation no reading no paper nothing and just focus on the food and you really find it you, you discover tastes and textures in the food you never even knew they were there you know and i would argue that actually that will affect how you show up to work and how you perform yeah. because then you're going to be so much happier with yourself so much content with yeah. who you are and how you showed up for yourself your vibration and how you see yourself will change yeah. and that will change than how everyone else around you will see yeah. you because you will treat yourself with respect and care yeah and absolutely that's subtle differences but there are huge differences if i can yeah. say that yeah um so do you have any questions am i still watching um where can people find you we will put all the links later on as well in the comments but where you hang out what's your social media of choice 
my social medias of choice are Instagram and Facebook, and I've got a website, so you can put that in the comments as well. Yeah, yeah. I do do um, LinkedIn, but I'm not really great at LinkedIn. I'm like, it's not really my thing. Yeah. I do it, but it's not my favourite. Um, I've got a Facebook group, and I do Instagram posting as well. So what's your Facebook group called? It's not about the food. It's not about the food. A fabulous name. So we put all the links in the comments so you guys can find uh, Sharaya if you would like to uh, add more information. Or if you've got any questions, then by all means, put them in the comments. Sharaya is in a group, so she will uh, check them later just to make yep. sure that you all get answers and the whole community can benefit out of your questions. Um, so thank you, Sharaya, for coming. It's an utterly pleasure speaking to you. Having me. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you get a bit more information how food, what we consume, affects our lives on so many levels. You can find information how to find and how you can work with Sharaya in a description of this podcast. And I see you next time. Bye.